Good morning. What a joy it is to be here today. And join me in the joyful moment where we can read God's holy word. Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright. For those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. The wicked will see and be vexed. They will gnash their teeth and waste away. The longings of the wicked will come to nothing. Matthew 5, verses 13 through 20. Salt and light. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The Fulfillment of the Law do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Truly I say to you, unless heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Good job. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. I always love it when Brad reads the scriptures, don't you? Sounds like God himself. That's so good, Brad. Thank you. I, I love a, a church that loves God's word, and we're going to open God's word. God's been moving this morning in a mighty way already. I believe he's done miracles across this place. And so uh, I'm going to ask you to turn over your bulletins, and on the back side it's blank. There's a pen in front of you to write down anything the Holy Spirit speaks to you. There'll be a few things on the screen today, but we're going to dive into God's Word together and the time that remains and, 
and uh, see what God has to say to us. If we're friends on Facebook, and I hope we are friends on Facebook, if we're not, just send me a friend request and we'll get connected. There's not a lot of Daryl Merrills in the world, so I'm pretty easy to find. Um, but uh, as you, if you are friends with me, you know I love dad jokes. I got a book a couple years ago, and since then I've been given books over the years, so I'm not sure when I'll run out, but uh, we'll just keep going. And so the one that I shared last week that got the, the most interaction was, what did the one paper plate say to the other? Lunch is on me. All right. They're dad jokes. They're not funny. They're, they're dad jokes. We have a married small group, and we get together uh, once a month. We're getting together on the last Friday of this month, and when we put that on Facebook, uh, we also always put something funny. And so this week we put, for those who don't want Alexa listening to your conversations, they're making a male version. It doesn't listen to anything. So. <laughs> I heard the women laughing a little, little harder than the men. It's called selective listening. And then there's church jokes, too. There's also uh, church jokes. This one comes from Steve Sampson. It's one of my favorites. It's been said that if you took all the people who attend church each Sunday and laid them end to end, they'd be much more comfortable. So, <laughs> so. oh. But the church is no joking matter. No, it's, uh, it's, it's serious. No, we're having fun. And if, you, you know, if, if I haven't offended you with these jokes and you still want to be a part of our church, I'm, I'm happy. And uh, there's something we haven't done for a few years, and, and I'm not sure why. It's actually my fault. But uh, every now and then, we just pray over people that have started to come to Christian Life Church we've always been what we call a charismatic fellowship, just a family that gets together. So we don't have like a formal membership, but if you've started coming in the last few years, and again, again I apologize, it's taken so long to do this. So I, I want to pray over you this spring. We're going to have a special service where we pray over all the people that are calling this their church family. And before we do that, we're going to have a lunch. It's on March 15th. The, the information's on the screen. We just want you to come to that. I'm just going to tell you what our church believes and, and tell you a little bit more about myself, our staff, and if you have any questions, you can ask them at that time. And then a couple weeks after that, we'll, we'll pray over everybody because I believe that God has put us together for a reason. And as I think about this and, and, and I think about our church family, um, more than ever, I'm grateful. I'm grateful Yes, for everybody that started coming recently. So happy for you. I'm, I'm, but I'm happy for the long relationships that I've had with so many as well. I'm just, I'm just profoundly grateful, more than ever. Because if you think about it, our lives should have never crossed paths. And yet they have. And God brought our lives together for something beautiful. And for that, I will be forever grateful. And I love what God is doing at our church. And I'm excited about the future together. And so... Um, as I say that at the beginning, I say it because of our reading this morning that, that Brad read, that, that I love what God's doing because we live in a low-commitment world. Our loyalty, it goes up and down. We can go somewhere, leave somewhere, and I'm not just talking about church, I'm just talking about life. We, we don't go anywhere until we read the Yelp reviews or, or you know, we just, we just live in this world that has 
really no loyalty or commitment. And, and so to see everybody here Sunday morning and Saturday nights and other times we meet, I'm just, I'm just always so grateful that people say, no, I'm committed to God working in my life. Because there's a lot of people out there that say, I can be a Christian without going to church. I can be a Christian all by myself. I had one guy tell me, I can commune more with God on a golf course than I can in a church on Sunday morning. And that's why I had to let Pastor Fred go. <laughs> I really hope he's listening today. Now, um, he checks in every now and then. No, Pastor Fred retired, and it's all good. He came to me and said, it's not you, it's me. No, um, no, we, we, uh, we love and miss Pastor Fred very, very much. But um, we live in a world where people say, um, my religion, my relationship with God, that's something private. That's something just between me and him. And I'm sorry, but even from our reading today, that's impossible. In fact, the first thing you can write down is this, that you can't be a private follower of Jesus. That's what Jesus was saying in the reading today. I don't know if you caught it or not, but he says, you can't be a private follower of me. When Brad was reading, you had to realize you can't separate yourself from this. You can't just go on all by yourself without anybody else knowing about it, without gathering together with anyone else. It is absolutely necessary that we share, that we witness, that we gather together as a church family because what we read came from the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, they're all words in red. That's Jesus' first big sermon, and he tells us what he wants us to know about the kingdom, about discipleship, and we talked about the kingdom a few weeks ago. Last week's reading, and we didn't get to here last week's reading because Dr. Matthew Thomas was here, and wasn't that amazing? That was so good. Um, but hopefully you read last week's reading because that was the beginning of, of Matthew chapter 5, which is the Beatitudes. And Jesus is saying in that passage, this is what my followers look like. And when they look this way, they're happy, they're blessed. Blessed are those, happy are those, fortunate are those. And how do they look? Well, they look very different from the world. And I'm going to put it into an English vernacular. He says, happy are those who know that they're broken. Happy are those who are sorrowful for their sins. Happy are those who are meek, merciful, hungry for God, pure in heart. Happy are the peacemakers. Happy are the persecuted. Those are the characteristics that Jesus' followers live by. That's what they do, and they look very different from our world, don't they? Meekness, humility, peacemaking, all of these things that we don't see in our world very much. And then right after the Beatitudes, he talks about you and me. And we're going to pick it up at verse 13. We're not going to read all of it, just a couple verses that Brad read, but here we go. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its taste, how can the saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything but thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world, a city built on a hill that cannot be hid. 
No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I want you to notice what he says here, and it's very, very important, the words that Jesus uses. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. It's not you have the salt, you have the light. It's that we have it and we then dispense it and we give it out. No, he says you are. He's saying this is your identity. You are salt and you are light, so wherever you go, you bring this to the world. That's our calling. That's our identity. It's not something we have. It's something that we are, that we don't just go along with this world. We don't just go along with the crowd, but we're different. We are salt. We are light wherever we go. And you and I, whether you realize it or not, have a big calling in our life. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You have a calling on your life. You have an identity from God that you are the salt, that you are the light, that you are him to this world. You've been chosen for this. This is God's plan for you. This is your true identity. So what does God mean when he says that we're the salt and we're the light? Because it actually has a very different meaning today than it did in Jesus' time. Because if you think about salt and light, first of all, you think about salt. And yeah, we all have salt at our house, right? It's on the table with the shiny lid. And it's not really very valuable. I mean, you can go to the dollar store and buy salt, right? And, And the doctor says, well, don't have too much salt. It's not good for you. So, Jesus, are you saying we're cheap and unhealthy? What, what do you say? No, because um, it's just like salt is so common in our world today. And so, Jesus, what are you saying? In light, I mean, you can go pretty much in, anywhere in the world anymore, walk into a room and, and flip a switch, and there's light. That, that's just happened. I mean, that's just natural. I bet you most of us on our cell phones have a flashlight, Right? I found out my watch has a flashlight mode. Can you believe that? I mean, so it's just like, it's so common. But in Jesus' time, it was different. Salt and light were valuable. You know, salt was actually seen as currency. It was seen like money. Have you ever heard the phrase, that person's worth their salt? It means they're worth their salary. They're they're worth what you pay them. That is what it means. The the Romans said that there's nothing more valuable in life than sun and salt. In fact, there were many ancient wars that were fought over salt mines. Salt in Jesus' day, before the offering was made, before the sacrifice was made, they would salt the sacrifice to make it even more valuable to the Lord. Newborn babies were rubbed in salt. A piece of salt was put into a cavity to help with the toothache. One of the most extensive uses and most important uses of salt in ancient culture was with meat. You'd pack the meat in salt and it would draw the blood and the moisture out and preserve that meat 
for a long time because there was no refrigeration back then. And so that salt actually helped to preserve. So salt back then and even now today is very valuable. It's always been very valuable. If you don't think it's valuable, let me tell you a story. Leslie one time said, hey, I need you to go to the store and buy chicken noodle soup. So I go to the store, I'm going to buy chicken noodle soup for the family. That's my job. As guys, we like a job, right? So I go, and there's like, wow, there's a lot of soup on the shelf here, a lot of chicken noodle soup. So I just begin to look at it, and one of the chicken noodle soups says healthy. I'm like, okay, that's healthy chicken. That's the chicken noodle soup I'm buying for the family because it's healthy. So we buy all this chicken noodle soup. I didn't realize that healthy means, like, no salt. There's, it tasted so bad. I think it's still in our cupboard at home. I'm not sure, but it's, it's just salt is really valuable. And so when Jesus' uh, hearers hear, you are the salt of the earth. He's saying you're valuable, you're useful. There's something that, that this world needs from you. Then he says that you are the light of the world. I like that because light is important, especially as I get older and it's a little harder to see. I just love having a light on my phone. It's fun because I'll go to the restaurant and it's dark and I can't read the menu and you bring out your light and, and you can see it. It's just, it's just so helpful. It overcomes the darkness. It shows the way light has a purpose. I, I became a dad many years ago, but something happened a few years ago where I I flipped into dad mode, and dad mode is this. It's, it's going around the house and turning off all the lights. I, I don't know what it is. It's just like I go down, the laundry light is on. There's nobody in here. We're not doing laundry. Turn that light off. Or go to the bathroom. You're, you're done in here. Turn the light off. Or you go to the kids' rooms. You turn the light off because it's still on. It's like, what? In, why are all these lights on? And like, I, it's not that I even care, but for some reason, I'm, I'm a dad now, and that's what you have to do. You have to turn off all the lights in the house. Now, I love a bright room, so if I'm in the room, I love that we keep our lights on in worship. I love a bright room. I love when I'm in a room for it to be bright. But when you're not in the room, turn the lights off, right? Because the lights have a purpose. They have a reason, and so that tells me that I'm to be used by the Lord, that I have a purpose, that I have a reason. And, and I'm not to hide my light, because when light is needed, we need light. And and so I'm let to let my light shine. We're called to be light, shine. And, and you may say, well, you don't know how dark my world is. And let me just tell you this, that even a small candle in a dark room makes a big difference. You are called to be the light of the world. No, how, no matter how bright your light is, don't hide that light. Because I'm going to tell you something. There's no secret disciples. Listen to me. Secrecy destroys disciples. Secrecy destroys disciples. And secrecy will destroy your life. But so things that we hide, the things that we keep secret, that they, those are the things that the devil uses, and we're not meant to hide our light. We're not meant to cover it up. We hide our light when we're quiet, when we should be speaking out. We hide our light when we just go along with the crowd. We hide our light when we sin, when we don't open our mouth and we share, when we ignore the needs of others. Those are all times we hide our light, and you and I are the light of the world. We're not called to, to shine when we all get together on Sunday and, 
man, we're singing and we're worshiping and we're praying for one another and God's doing miracles and it's fun and so we're, we're bright, 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 bright and then we go out and we hide it as soon as we leave. No, we're to shine with the light all the time. So don't hide your light. There's an interesting part in the story too that it says if salt loses its saltiness, how does that happen? I mean, if you think about it, the, the salt that, that we use, and, you know, everybody loves the sea salt and, and you know, the Himalayan salt, and stuff, that stuff has been here since creation, and it's still salty. So how does salt lose its saltiness? There's only one way, and that's through impurity, is that if that salt gets some, maybe some dirt or sand mixed in with it, if... If something else comes into that salt, all of a sudden that, that salt is worthless. It's impure. There, it doesn't work anymore. And then, yeah, you just throw it out. It becomes dirt. It just, it's just on the ground now. You, you trample on it. And so you don't want to lose your saltiness. And we lose our saltiness by allowing the things of this world to get in. We, we allow it through some attitudes that maybe we have or things that we watch or, or things that we do. We allow these impurities to come into our heart and we can't do that because if you do that, then, you're, then your salt is just fake. It's just useless. It's, it's a, a formula of godliness, but there's no power in it and so it, it's, just, it's just thrown out. In Jesus' day, they would light a lamp and this would be similar to a a lamp they would have had, a wick and some oil, and, and so you light that, and that would be there for the house. And, and you didn't leave it low, because then the shadows would be cast, and it wouldn't be much, and so you'd get a stand that you would put it up high so it, it would light more area. And so our light isn't meant to be hidden, it's meant to be lifted up. That we don't hide our light, but that we lift our light up. And that's what Jesus is saying there. You are the light of the world. And when we get together, I love also he says that you're a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. I flew home Friday night from uh, Dallas and, and they made that usual turn over Lake Michigan to come back in and, uh, and you come in over Lake Michigan and, and you see the Chicago skyline all lit up. And you see all the roads heading out to the suburbs and you see all the neighborhoods and it it is a beautiful city from the sky, right? I don't know if you, you've ever seen that before, but as you fly in, you're just seeing this beautiful city, just all the lights all around. And that's what Jesus is saying. You, as the church, gathered together in my name, you're the light of the world. You're a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. You can't hide Chicagoland when you look at it from the sky because the light goes out. That's what we're called to be here as a church. We're called to be a very bright light. Yes, when we come together and we meet together for service or we, or we have the kids' pantry or small groups or, or missionaries, or whatever, we, we, just, we always have this light here. But then, in just a few minutes, when we give the blessing, the light shoots out of this place like stars shooting all across the suburbs and city of Chicago. And we bring that light to this world. That we are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. We are the salt. We are light. We are valuable. We have a job. We have a calling. We watched a video before we opened God's word and it asked the question, what if? What if? 
what if we were the salt? What if we were the light? What if we were Jesus to this world? Jesus to everyone we meet. How would that change our family? How would that change where we work? How would that begin to change the world? This week, I, I was um, at a conference with a, a number of meetings and some board meetings and different things, and so we were there, and it was a very interesting conference, a very, uh, I'll just say, a, a conference that, that has both believers and unbelievers there. So a very interesting mix of people, some people that were very far from God, some people had no knowledge of God, just, but, but there was a lot of interaction with people, and, and uh I just realized in some conversations that I was having that it was a divine moment. And, and we began to share in some of the conversations, um, I would look as I was talking to someone and they were holding back tears as we talked. And there's others that had joy come on their face as we talked. And, and you want to know what we talked about? I was talking to these people about what we sang about today. I was talking about how much God loved them. People that had no idea of who God is, far from God, not really thinking about him, to tell them, look, God created you. And he loves you. And he has a purpose for you. And, and, and just, just talking about how much God loved them and how much he wanted to be with I'm just telling you, it's as though they had never heard that their entire life. And like I said, I could see people holding back tears as we talked because the love of God is that powerful. And I'm not talking about just like, hey, you've got to close the deal. We've got to say this prayer. But I'm just saying that we are salt and we are light. And I'm going to tell you, people need the love of God. It's the love of God that leads to repentance. It's the love of God as we share it with everyone around. We are salt. We are light. We are valuable to this world to tell them that there is a God who loved them, a God who created them, a God who has a purpose for them, a God that sacrificed himself for their sin, that they don't have to be bound by sin, that he breaks every chain, and you don't have to be held back anymore, that there's power in his name, and there's power for your life. We are called to be salt and light to this world. That is who we are. That is our identity. Don't lose your saltiness. Don't hide your light. And may we do that together as the church. And may we be a bright light and good salt to this world. Amen? Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? Lord, we allow your word to settle. Lord, we don't want to look like this world because we don't belong to this world. Lord, we, we want we want you, Jesus. We want all that you have for us. We need you. We want to follow you. We, we want to pick up our, our identity as salt and light. Because, God, we need it. Our family needs it. Our workplace needs it. Our world needs it. 
Everybody we meet needs it. God, we need it. We need to know your love. We need to know your love. We need to share your love. We need to see lives changed by your love. Not by our opinions. Not just, I hope they change, but God, that we would be salt, that we would be light to this world. That as a church, we would be a very bright light as we bring our light together. God, that you would do amazing things in your kingdom through this salt and this light that you placed in here. So Lord, be with us this week. Holy Spirit, remind us this week that we are salt and we are light. Keep us from impurity. Keep us from hiding our light because the world needs it. Lord, keep us from being secret. Bring everything into the light. Thank you, God, that you are the true light. May we reflect you to the world this week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.